Good morning. This is Ed of Ed's Bookshelf. We had a scare last night. A tornado ripped through St. Louis and Edwardsville and Mayfield, Kentucky. We need to be constantly in prayer for those folks who were affected. Today we're going to read from another book of mine and we'll do a part one and a part two. I do this because I want you to get acquainted with these books of mine. You can get them from morepublishing.com. You can also find them on Spotify and also Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. And much to my surprise, you will also find several of them in Walmart.com. This book is entitled No Sad Song in My House. And I must warn you, it is a very good story, but it has some tragic overtones. This book has a sequel. The sequel is entitled May's Return. I would really admonish you to pick up both of them at morepublishing.com. Part one. No sad song in my house. Robert Sr. would take the family out each Sunday. He would take them out for the evening ice cream in the summer months. It was a family ritual. Unfortunately, they were the object of stares and hushed comments by some who passed by as the family would walk and enjoy being with each other. They were an albino family, white and pale at the same time. Their blonde hair and yellow eyebrows set apart by pinkish eyes gave them a kind of otherworldly appearance to those who feared them. In the park, they would sit together and eat lunch made of sandwiches composed of bologna and cheese with potato chips. The sandwiches were made by their mother, Carol, sitting on a red and white checkered tablecloth. They would sing songs, laugh, and talk about good things and faraway dreams. The family was in love, not with the same things, but in love nonetheless. Maybelline was a gift to them all. Her beauty was their ticket out of the apartment and the conditions in which they now lived. She would grow up and be a movie star, they thought, with the money she would make. They would buy them a larger house, 
the furthest from St. Louis as they could. Maybelline was constantly told about her beauty. She believed she wore it well. She was, however, a practical girl also. Inside of herself, she felt something wasn't quite right about the dream they all had. For some reason, Robert Sr. would always want to rub her back when talking to her and whispering to her that she would be his star one day. Some days, she would ask her mother, Carol, what does being a star mean? Why do you ask, baby? Carol would respond. Nothing. Daddy just tells me all the time that one day I will be his star. Maybelline would say this in a subdued manner. Carol would stop whatever work she was doing and take Maybelline by the hand. She would then gently pull Carol to her chest and press her softly against it. Daddy loves us all. He loves you too very much, Maybelline. Carol would continue. He just wants you to know that you're the brightest thing that ever come into his life, baby. That's all. Maybelline's lips paused. She couldn't finish the second part of the inquiry, which was, why does he rub my back when he says it to me, Mommy? She saw her mother's happiness, so why spoil things? Suddenly the news had come. Uncle Sam wants you, the letter read. His hand shaking slightly, Robert Sr. laid the letter on the table. What's wrong, baby? Carol asked. Robert Sr. looked slowly at his wife with a puzzled expression on his tanned face. Why me? Why me? His words were bitter as they stammered more from his mouth. Baby, Robert Sr. said, touching his head slightly. I've been drafted. The lousy, stinking army has drafted me. Robert Sr. shouted, Of all the dumb luck, why me? He kept saying as he buried his head in his hands and shook angrily. The time for the departure passed quickly, too quickly for Robert Sr. Standing on the platform of the train station, he looked small and afraid. He said, Carol, you watch the kids. Make sure you write me all the time, you hear? He demanded. Tears were her answer. She tried to be brave, but the attempt was futile. Maybelline and Robert Jr. stood some distance away, looking at the often played out scene carried out by so many men in their lifetimes and the lifetimes of their families. You think he'll be back? Maybelline whispered to Robert Jr., yeah, he'll be back, May. That is what he called her, as no one else did. Robert Jr. held her hands firm. 
He liked how her hands felt. He loved me. Her being around him every day made him feel taller inside and fuller than any other time he knew. It was her beauty he loved also. She was all his. He had watched Robert Sr. put May sometimes in an awkward position as he would pat her back sometimes and his anger would swell in his neck. So for him, departure of Robert Sr. was wonderful. Now May and he would always be together without his father's intrusive presence. For Maybelline, the idea of Robert Sr. leaving was at the same time a welcome one and not. She liked her father. He was the only father in the complex in which they lived. They went everywhere together. The other children in the complex often said to her and Robert Jr. that they wished they had a father and that the two of them must feel lucky. The girl and the little black boy who also lived in the complex often said to her that they wished their father would return home. But they knew he never would. It was so sad, May thought. Yet the times when she would be with Robert Sr. and he would rub her back sometimes too low made her feel awkward and afraid. She hated the feeling it created in her stomach, yet she really couldn't explain the other. The other sensation she felt also when this would happen. Come here, you two. Robert Sr. said to them. Maybelline and Robert Jr. walked up to their father. He stooped and put his arm around Maybelline and pulled her close to him. You be a big girl, you hear, Maybelline? He said slowly to her. I will be back real soon. Then he smiled awkwardly at her. His hand patted her head and Smoly moved down her back. Her small body tensed and began to melt at the same time. Me too, Daddy, shouted Robert Jr. as he quickly stepped up to them and grabbed his father's hand. I will be a big man too, huh, Daddy? He asked his father again. Standing, Robert Sr. held his son's hands tightly. Yes, son, I want you to be a big man, too. He looked at his son intently. I will be back real soon, he told his son, almost like a warning. It was as if his words were rehearsed. You be the man until I get back and watch your sister close. Do you hear me? His voice was stern masked by politeness. End of part one.